We are broadcasting live at Parkview Senior Community in Frisco, Texas today. If you are in the Dallas area and would like for us to broadcast live at your business, drop me an email at scott at gbctv.net. The podcast, Could You Believe There Is Life After Professional Sports? And now the stars of our show, Scott Farber and former New York Giant Larry Mallory. I'm Scott Farber, along with former New York Giants and former NFL Players Association president of the Dallas-Fort Worth chapter, Larry Mallory. Larry, could you believe the football season is upon us? Well, I'll tell you, it's, uh, there's been so many things happening over the last year and a half. A lot of people are really happy for the football season to start. A lot of people aren't. Well, it's here. First question. We are in Dallas Cowboy territory. Yeah. And I know you were a New York Giant, and I know you're a closet Cowboy fan, and you just won't admit it to me. But the Cowboys were on HBO Hard Knocks this season. The Cowboys are America's team. And now are people beginning to say, what's all the fuss about? Because for the last 25 years, their playoff record hasn't been so spectacular. Well, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and honestly, it's a good question for where we are, because a lot of our audience remembers when the Cowboys were great and, and really, you know, won a lot of a lot of games and stuff. But I think now with the change in money, the change in salaries, the change in stadium cost, uh, I think one of the biggest issues I have right now is the challenges that our fans are having because the prices are going up and the salaries are going up and the, the profit for owners are going up. So at the end of the day, you know, it, it's a tough time to restart. Um, but uh, I know that the league itself has put a lot of protective parameters in, and we'll probably talk a lot about that, uh, a little bit about that on the podcast as well. But there has been some protections put, put together by the owners and by the league. All right, I want to read something uh, to you. Uh, I just saw this coming over the, uh, the wire earlier today. Charles Barkley, Hall of Fame NBA player. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> He was talking about all pro athletes being selfish. He was saying they're among the luckiest people that during the pandemic, uh, they got every single check that they were supposed to get. They remained well paid, even though they played the empty stadiums. While a lot of people were losing their jobs, their businesses, or died from coronavirus. He goes on to say for us to be selfish and not trying to help the world get back where um, uh, where we can take the stupid masks off, go out to dinner in a full restaurant. I just think it's selfish of them. I've heard these idiots talk about uh, um, uh, the government wants to follow us around and that they have something in the shot so they could track you. And he goes, we could be followed around anyway. Everybody has a cell phone and those could be tracked and followed. And he goes, and first of all, what are you doing that you're worried about anybody following you anyway? So, and then he goes on to say everybody should be vaccinated and the people who are not vaccinated are just an ex <laughs> I won't say it. What do you think about a comment like that? And, and what do you think about athletes that won't get vaccinated? And well, why won't they? Um, I have no idea why won't they. In fact, if they, you know, I shared with you that I lived in a number of different countries and I've gone through pandemics in southern and western Africa and the 
the environment there was that if you were not masked and did not abide by the required characteristics, the police would beat you. And they alienated one prison where everybody that did not act properly were put in that prison. The prison never got full, but they let everyone know that you should follow the science and not follow the non-science. So from a, from a Barclay standpoint, you know, Charles Barclay has always been a little interesting and controversial in his responses on television. However, I agree with what he's saying because I think that athletes have a visibility that young people see, that a lot of people see on television, and it reinforces the fact that we have to follow the science and make sure that we protect each other against each other. I mean, uh, you know, for each other. Right, right. So that's where I think, I think that, that Charles, I think number one, it's very important for athletes to be positive examples of life and not death. So I really believe that all athletes should really be following these protocols. Now, you, you had two terms as the uh, uh, Players Association president for the Dallas-Fort Worth chapter. Right. It's 1,000 members. Right. Um, your close friend, Lifford Hobley, is the uh, current president of the Alumni Association. Right. And uh, replacing you is another good friend of yours, Brian Williams, at the uh, Players Association. Do these two associations, are they doing anything about trying to promote for athletes? They are um, on the Players Association side. If we are, if we're filmed in a tight area without masks, then they will take our funding away. So the union part, uh, you know, the NFLPA is the union of the athletes. And so on the union side, they've been reinforcing the same things that the major unions have been reinforcing. On the alumni side, it's the same thing. My good friend is Lefford Hobley. Uh, he's the president. He couldn't come today, but he's reinforcing the same thing. He can't be seen without a mask, and he has to show the same protections that, that the, the scientists are saying. Fortunately, too, though, the actual uh, president of the NFL alumni is Beasley Reese. And for, Be for the national scale. For the national scale, right. right. And, and Beasley is from Waco. He lives in this area now, and he is in total support of sharing with his members the fact that everyone should be protective not only of themselves and their families, but of others. Now, the Atlanta uh, Falcons are the only team that are fully vaccinated in all of sports, I believe. Yeah. What did they do? How did they manage that? Wow, that's a great question. I, I, I don't know, but if they've been watching the news and they see how the fluctuations have been, and Georgia has been one of the, you know, one of the more serious states. Right. So that might be, and you know, an impetus for them to, to do something right. I, I'm not sure why, but I am sure that, that I, I do know that from a union standpoint, they're reinforcing this with every team, and now the owners are doing the same thing. Right, right, and, and I don't want to dwell on this because I know it's such a political issue, and it's, you know, all the, the, the bantering back and forth, you know, about I don't need to take a vaccine, no, you should take a vaccine. You know, it gets to be, uh, uh, it just angers up the community. So, you know, let, let, let's move on because football is like a little bit of that shining light in this long period that we've had that hasn't been a lot of fun for anybody, right. you know. Um, so the Cowboys have da uh, Dak Prescott back. They start, I guess it's the 101st season of the NFL. So we've passed the 100th century mark. So even uh, you're not quite an old enough to be from the beginning. <laughs> no, not, not really. 
Oh, yeah, but not by much. <laughs> That's right. You, you know. Um, so we got Dak Prescott back with the Cowboys. Tampa Bay coming back with Tom Brady, uh, um, who doesn't seem to age at all now. They're opening the season this Thursday night. That's right. So it's here. Talk to me. Who, who's got this game? Uh, you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a room probably with a lot of Cowboy fans. So, <laughs> And I live in, in Dallas, Texas, so I have to make sure that I support the Cowboys. However, my concern is the way in which they manage Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has not participated in any preseason games. He's They've kept him safe, you know, they've kept him, they've looked at all of the backup quarterbacks, they've not basically focused on the star quarterback, which is Dak. So the question, well not the question, the, the issue is that Dak Prescott right now, his first game of a challenging season is gonna go against one of the best quarterbacks we've ever had, and Tom Brady that knows the game, that knows the, on and on and on. That's gonna be a challenge for them. Tampa Bay is not a, a, you know, Tampa Bay is not a, a team that just lays down because you have a whole bunch of footballs about you. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. right. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be a challenging game for. But the is there a concern about Prescott, his health going in? Without, I, I mean, without getting hit at all in preseason. You know, in preseason, we all hate preseason games anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, but and and the starters play very little, but they have to play couple of minutes to get back into the feel of the game and whatnot, and Dak has played zero. Right now, Scott, the defensive line and linebacker coaches, I was a defensive player, the defensive line and linebacker coaches are focusing on hurting Dak Prescott. He's not had any licks. He's only been hit in practice by his own players. Right, right. Football is about hitting and getting your attention, right? right? So. Dak Prescott is going into the first game of the season on national television on Thursday and hadn't had a lick. Yeah. And everybody he's playing against are probably kind of upset well, because they've had to hit every day, hit every day. It's going to be a challenge for Dak. They're also the uh, uh, Tampa's the defending Super Bowl champs, and they got their entire defense back. So it's going to be it's it's going to be fun. You know they're kicking off with a great game for the uh, for the fans. And, and as a defensive player, I can imagine the captain in the locker room saying, "Man, you know, uh, are we as a defense going to let somebody that hadn't played the entire preseason come in here and beat us?" I can't say some of the words that they're going to say to the defensive team in the locker room in this environment. But I can guarantee you that coach, that head coach for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, are getting them ready to go at the Dallas Cowboys and especially Dak Prescott. Now I want to show just for our uh, audience here today, there was a famous play years ago called the Miracle at the Meadowlands. This is when the New York Giants had the lead and the ball, and all they had to do was take a knee to win the game. <laughs> this, you, you see this play over and over and over on YouTube. Instead of taking a knee with 10 seconds left, they decided to have a running play. And they put the ball in Larry Zonka's belly, and he fumbled it. And the Philadelphia Eagles, their arch rival, picked it up and ran it in for the winning touchdown. It was one of the most remarkable and not very good calls ever in the NFL. Larry was playing in that game. And I asked him, what did the coaches say? And I'm going to ask him again tonight to see what he tells you. 
And then I'm going to tell you what he told me when I asked him this before. Okay, well, I am a part of the concussion case, so I don't remember what I told him before. <laughs> but I can tell you, though, to start this, that the reason Larry Zonka was not a fumbling guy. The reason that Larry fumbled that ball was because Joe Pisarchi, or Larry Zonka had torn the sleeve in his stomach, and his muscle was coming out of the, the sleeve of that muscle, so he was in severe pain. And Joe Pisarczyk put the football right on top of the paint. That's the first fumble he had had ever. Right, right. So, so for him... So it was a great call is what you're saying, instead of taking a knee. <laughs> well, Joe Pisarczyk doesn't live up to it much. He, he doesn't claim that. See, he's doing it again, though. I asked him, what did the coaches say? And, and you don't even have to answer. The last okay. time we did this, and I asked him, what did the coaches say? <laughs> he looks at me and goes, well, they said, you know, we have to use it as a positive. You know, no coach said we have to use that play as a positive when it just cost them the ball game. <laughs> Philadelphia went on to the playoffs and the Giants went on to obscurity for a while. Okay, Browns came that close to upsetting Kansas City in the playoffs last year. They open up, the Browns open up in Kansas City uh, this season on Sunday. So we got uh, uh, Baker Mayfield against uh, Patrick, Patrick Mahomes. Who do you got in that game? Wow. Uh, of the two quarterbacks that you mentioned, uh, I'm, I'm a bit more of a Patrick Mahomes fan uh, 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 than a Mayfield fan. Uh, I think that the, the Kansas City Chiefs, for the, the success that they had last year, what it says to me is that there is a team coordination, not only on the field, but in the locker room. See, uh, uh, most of the teams, the, the number of players on each team, all of them are pretty good players. There's something else that goes on that keeps you from winning. A lot of times it's, it's how that locker room is managed. If the locker room is not under control, if it's not uh, strategic and, and it's not growing and progressive, you know, then that team is not going to win much because pressure does two things, they say. The old coaches used to say this all the time. Pressure does two things. It either bust pipes or make diamonds. Now, what are you, son? And so pressure, I think, has an impact on the players, especially with the timing and the money and everything that's going on. And I think that's the most important element for, for guys to come together and promote themselves as a team more than anything else, not as an individual. So you're saying Kansas City then, I'm assuming. Without a doubt. Okay, we'll see. You we'll know. see on that. Well, what do you think of Baker Mayfield, though? Or do you just think he tries to be too flamboyant? Uh, Baker Mayfield, to me, draws too much attention on the quarterback position. And to me, the quarterback should be putting, putting more pressure and attention on all the other players because Number one, the quarterback makes the most money. So when he gets off that field and he goes in that locker room, everybody in that locker room knows that, okay, you're making the most money, so you should be showing good leadership, doing the right thing, you know, those kinds of things. Because, you know, in a capitalistic country, it's about capital. And he's the wealthiest guy in that locker room, so he has to be a leader and not a follower. All right, Pittsburgh is going to be playing in Buffalo. Is this kind of the end of Pittsburgh and Buffalo's now going to get over the hump or is Pittsburgh going to carry on and Buffalo ain't going to quite make it? 
So I think this is a big game for them on the first game of the year. That's a great question. You know, Pittsburgh has a history of success, you know, winning and, and those type of things. But Buffalo is one of the teams I think that's, that's, that's done a great job in drafting, has done a great job in developing their defense, and honestly has, I think, probably got as mu much more attention than they've ever, got, ever gotten over the last five years. I really like Buffalo in that, that regard. I think that, I think that the, the youth of Buffalo and the leadership of Buffalo is going to help them, especially in tough times. So I, I, I'll go with Buffalo on that one. Now, Larry went to Tennessee State, and when he went to Tennessee State, the year before he graduated, everybody on that football team went into the NFL, except one, right? Yeah. The year Larry graduated, Everybody except one player went into the NFL. You don't ever hear of that, you know. And now, you know, now the great football teams like Ohio State, you know, they might have two players that go to the NFL every year. How did Tennessee State year after year? And it wasn't only football; the whole basketball team went to the NBA. <laughs> how did how did that happen? Well, you know. Uh, um in those days, the HBCU, um, the players that played at HBCU teams, that really was the access, NFL access. You, you could go to an HBCU, you would see a lot of good athletes there uh, because the, the options were primarily with those athletes. The bigger colleges and universities would take your Heisman winners or your you know, high-profile high school athletes. Now, if you're a good athlete, if you have the type of statistics that are comparative to not only what size college you went to, but just to the, to the you know, performance, then Ohio State will come and get you, or you know, the bigger colleges will, will come and get you. And so I think the HBCU systems, uh, the, I think the reason that the HBCU systems now is attempting to attract former NFL athletes. Jackson State has Deion Sanders. Uh, my college, Tennessee State, now has Eddie George. And you're going to, and you've- As the coach. As the head coach, yeah. that's right. And I, I don't know, but I guarantee you there's many, many more assistant coaches, you know, that have played in the NFL before because it allows them to go to the parents' homes, sit down, talk to them, and more, most importantly, not only focus on athletics. Right, right. And in our day, the, 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 the recruiters would focus so much on your statistics in high school, but nowadays, the parents even are forcing them to, to focus not only on your athleticisms, because everybody's not going to be an NFL player, or an NBA player, or a baseball player, but also to make sure that they focus on the educational side of their their college careers. Yeah, Larry played with some pretty good players. Uh, uh, Ed Tutal Jones was a uh, teammate of, uh, of Larry's. Um, a couple of years ago, I took Larry back to Tennessee State and we filmed a little uh, video of Larry walking through reminiscing. And it's kind of a, 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 neat, a neat little video that you might want to see. It's on gbctv.net. Uh, but the thing that really got me, because I think of these guys in terms of these big, tough, strong athletes, and Larry's a crier. And he's probably gonna cry when I tell this story again. We're out on the football field that he played on, and he's kind of reminiscing, and this is what really blew me away. He looks up and he goes, 
my mother used to sit right there and I could hear her over that crowd calling my name. And that was my motivation. I could hear my mom all the time. And that really, that really got to me that that's what he remembered about being on that football field. Yeah. And you know, uh, she, she just turned 94 and uh, we talk every day now. And I actually, you know, she knows that I'm doing the show with you today. And I told her that we would probably talk about uh, our Tennessee State experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, she, she, honestly, she really appreciates GBC TV because when she gets a little bored, she can go to a computer or something and, and look at herself. So <laughs> that's, <right. laughs> and that's a good thing. That's right. All right, man, they're wrapping us up. We're going to run. Any closing thoughts on the NFL opening up this weekend? I mean, are the Bears going to do good? Uh, well, you know. Uh, Skipping over that one, too, huh? My, 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 my serious thoughts are that because of what we've gone through, I think the offensive timing is not going to be the same as we're accustomed to having. So I really believe, and I'm a defensive player, so this can be kind of, you know, motivational toward my side, but I really think that there's not going to be a lot of scoring, and I think that the defenses are going to play a big part in this year's season. All right, so we're going we're gonna to check you out. You know, you never told me. Who's going to win, uh, 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 Pittsburgh or uh, – Buffalo. Buffalo. You're picking Buffalo. I'm going with Buffalo. All right, man. All right. We'll check it out. We'll see you next time. Later. All right. Thank you.